This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight, and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the gaps and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, keep the pat on back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. <laughs> Hey friends, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the greatest football club in the multiverse. That is the Footscray Football Club, Proprietary Limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. You just call us the dogs, that's fine. I'm Danny McGinley, he's Tom Boyd. It's, uh, look, it's it's not the best week in dogs land, but having said that, it is Wednesday, which means we're only one game, one day away from our second game of the year and hopefully our first win yes, against Carlton. against your old team. Now we, uh, we have gone in depth about all the uh, highs and lows of the game just gone, including the post-match. Um, uh, Brouhaha. Yeah, whatever we call it. Um, <laughs> we, we did it on our uh, Patreon, which we've just launched last week, so um, we'll be doing that every couple of weeks, Danny. Uh, both have sort of like a game gone in-game preview? Yeah, yeah. So we'll be doing uh, an episode every week, uh, one every fortnight for, for you people the, the, that'll be free yep. to wear, and then in a sanctum. That's right. In the, uh, in the, in the leadership group, we should That's call right. it, uh, or some other. The, 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 the Insi- inside the kennel. Yeah, or oh, inside the kennel. That's I think good. I think that that's been taken before, but oh, that's fine. Yeah, oh, we're, not, we're not. We're not. I mean, I'm trying to trademark it, so it's okay. We, why, don't, why don't we call our, our new podcast uh, Ads and Dunks? Oh, yeah, I still can't work out what how that thing works. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep an eager eye. It is. I tell you what, it is very clear. Adam and Josh are very close friends, which yes. and they do have a good time together, which is which is awesome. So, um, as long as they keep playing good footy, Damn their podcast pod, podcast their podcast can flourish. As far as I'm concerned, oh hell yeah, there's plenty of room for all of us. I think we should do one all four of us together. We should, yeah. It'd be interesting to hear what those two have to say. I'm obviously known Adam for a long, long time. Oh yeah, you played with him at Giants. That's right, and uh, wonderful guy, by the way. Yes, uh, and uh, and I've known Josh for a long time, a Premiership team out of mine, and also <laughs> still managed by um, the one and only Liam Pickering. So we're still close in that manner. There we go. Look at that. You're, you're, yeah, that's going to happen before the end of the year, provided Adam and Josh, Josh say yes. But uh, we've got a new segment. We do. Very exciting. Um, we uh, we actually ended up catching, or I ended up catching up with. A great supporter of the Bulldogs and also a, a strong listener of the show, uh, Craig Stevens from uh, Jazz Stevens Real Estate in the West. Um, and he mentioned basically that you know he'd been listening to the show through through the pandemic, through lockdown, on his walks, and he loved the fact that Danny has no idea about football and um, <laughs> and you always ask me good questions, Thank which you. which was was great. And so we spoke about how we could work together and collaborate on a, a specific segment of the show. And Danny, being the creative genius that he is, decided, what about how real estate agents typically have these very obscure awards, yeah. often in the form of like 
glass plaques or in a, their offices. Or a gold trophy and you go, oh, so, oh, you know, Jeffrey Rush's Best Actor Award is here and you go and read it and it's, you know, best salesperson in the Western Werribee area for the <laughs> quarter of, you know, January to March 2018. Yeah. And there's just... Dozens of them in the office. There's like the hot, they build a big desk in reception so they can cover it with all the different awards that matter. So we were thinking, this is why houses are getting bigger. You need a place just to keep all the real estate agents (laughs) award. You open a, is this, is this a third bedroom? No, no, that's just for all my trophies. Yeah. Well, as an aside, I actually, I ran into a a real estate agent the other day and he said, Oh, here's my card. And this card was about, you know, an inch thick. <laughs> and twice as big as it should be. I'm like, clearly wallets aren't a, aren't a thing that's uh, relevant anymore. So you could use the, it to, to reach things on a high shelf. Yeah, exactly. Or to stop up like a table that's wobbly. Um, so we are, uh, we Danny was tossing around the idea, and one of the real great examples of the obscure moments in games that really, really count was Lathan. Latham Vandermeer in yes. last year's semi-final. Oh, when he kicked the most important point of the season. Handballed. Handballed it, that's right. Handballed a point. It would be a, a rush behind if it was at the other end. Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> and they would have a shot on goal. Um, and it was like, how do we capture the most um, iconic, interesting moment of the game and recognise those players as opposed to, you know, we all love the Bond and he kicks lots of goals and he plays really well every week. Well, we're not interested in that. Nah. That's fine. Bond Everyone else win them, but, you know. Yeah, but not- only if he, like, does a really interesting moment with, like, right. say, the fans or... I don't know, kicks it off the ground for from 40 and, you know, Ooh. we're all just, you know, he does the, the sue or whatever it's called, the Christian Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo celebration, oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, making its way around the, the world as we speak. Um, so, so this week, the award is... Right. And I'm amazed that this player hasn't been recognised more in the media. And uh, it, because the Southern Stand has obviously been renamed the Shane Warne Stand, commiserations to Danny Southern losing out on the naming rights. Yep. Uh, but with a, with a very worthy uh, very recipient. Worthy. Um, Did you ever meet Warnie? I don't think I've, uh, I I was definitely close to him, but I don't think I, I, maybe I was in the same room with him a couple of times, but I never met him. I mean, larger than life. I actually watched him play, funny story, very quickly. Way back in the day, I watched him play for St Kilda with my dad when he played sub-district. So he went back to play sub-district at St Kilda um, when he was like 40 or whatever. And um, this guy made 98 on him, not out. And Warney finally bowled him before he got to his century. And I've never seen someone go off the ground so livid. This guy is like, I almost hit a century on Shane Warne. Yeah. And finally Warney got him. Which uh, is uh, quite fitting because Warney never got the 100 either. That's right. So he got Warnie in the 90s, what, seven or eight times yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, he was, remember when uh, towards the end of his career, he was all rounder? They're like, you know, the little ball yeah. and the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knew the people at the graphics department at right. Channel 9 or whoever's do doing it, it back Warnie. then. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Uh, and Hayden Crozier was the first person to kick a goal at the Warn end. That has been really glossed over. Yeah. Like, that's a historical moment. It is. And. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you put it well. I think Hayden in particular should be celebrated. He is a genuinely good player. Absolutely. Hayden's and, great. And kind of I don't think gets any real recognition. I mean, he's really stepped into the Eastern Wood role over the last couple of years. Yes. And might I add, I watched Hayden play growing up and he was this like electric small to medium forward that, you know, had 10 touches a game. Um, he's not that small. He's like 185 centimetres. Which is small for a like a Spot. hybrid back, you yeah. know what I mean? He's smaller than Woody. 
and Woody didn't look huge until he jumped. <laughs> um, so this week's award specifically, Danny, you're the man with the acronym. Yes. Is? The SKWSS Award, uh, the Sh- Shane Keith Warren Southern Stand Award goes to Hayden Crozier. Do you know the links between Hayden Crozier I, I and Shane Warren? I can't imagine they're extensive. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> they are. This is really creepy. The, the amount of coincidence between the two. Okay, so Hayden Crozier's birthday, Christmas Eve. Yes. Shane Warne's best day of the year, Boxing Day. They're two days apart. Oh, yeah. Both one day away from Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> Goes Hayden Crozier, Jesus, Shane yes. Warne. <laughs> That's right. Of the celebration days. I'm sure Warney had an actual birthday, but Boxing Day was Warney yeah, Day. Yeah, Warney's Day. Okay, all right. You like that one? Okay, all right. Yeah. Hayden Crozier. Had a teammate named Pat Pat Lipinski. He, he did. <laughs> Shane Warne. Nice for calling. Yeah, but. that played really well. <laughs> uh, Shane Warne had a teammate called Pat Pat Cummins. Did they play together? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they did. I'm actually almost certain that they didn't. They okay. Uh, all right. Well, how's this? How's oh, this? Shane Warne knows Pat Rafter. There you go. There we, look at this. Surely they know each other. <laughs> Peas in a pod. <laughs> Okay, all right. Uh, in 2017, Crozier kicked 13 goals. That's 13 what? times six. Warren huh? got 13 sixes in one day internationals. Really? That's okay, well, saying. so as stats go, I know that yep. we're, we're kind of uh, obviously taking the piss here, but these are the kind of stats that statisticians try and tell you is important. <laughs> they come in and they go... The connection between um, this player getting, you know, field goals from this part of the ground or whatever it is, and they just come up with these really obscure links between performance and specific events happening. I've got worse ones. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 2015, well, playing for Freo, uh, Crozier took 23 marks, worn war number 23. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, the awards will get better. <laughs> there, there's got to be more links, and we'll obviously lean on uh, Mr. Swamp. Absolutely, yes. A uh, friend of the show, at Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter. He's a Channel 7 statistician and, uh, and a ripping bloke. And, uh, yeah, if you've if you, you got to follow him on Twitter. He finds some great links uh, between uh, everyone. I asked him about whether there was links between Crozier and Warren. He said none that were interesting, and uh, I proved him right. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, I, and congratulations, Hayden. It's obviously a, a very big moment in your career, um, something that you probably dreamt of uh, winning in terms of awards for a long period of time. Yes. And, um, of course, all of it wouldn't be possible without um, Craig Stevens. Now, if you are looking to lease your property, if you're looking to sell, uh, Craig, his grandfather is uh, was, I should say, a president of the Footscray Football Club Ooh. way back in the day. So long ties to the western suburbs of Melbourne, um, really, really excited to be working uh, with him and the team throughout the year. And again, if you can support him, um, it'll only support the show. So um, yeah, the uh, the information will be in the show notes moving forward. So t- tomorrow night when we release this, or depending on when you listen to it, later today or last night, last week, five yep. years ago, yep. we play Carlton. That's right. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm a bit nervous in that uh, Carlton always do well against us, irritatingly so. Yeah, we've always played games against them where we, you know, seemingly dominate the play for a large portion of the game and they're always just hanging around like within a couple of goals. Yeah. Uh, and they're obviously come off there like, you know, grand final last week. Yeah, um, so hopefully they've they've pulled, you know, cues in the rack. They've go, we've, we've already beaten Richmond, we're already premiers. Let's, uh, oh, half of them have COVID as well. Oh, true. So, well, Vossi's out. 
I think Sarah's out. Jack Martin was crook last week. Great. After the game. We need all this. <laughs> um, and, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, first win round one in a decade yeah. for the club. Um, they're obviously going to be pretty up and about, I would yes. say. It's a great way to start the year, though everyone still thinks that uh, round one's worth eight points. It is not. <laughs> it uh, Round one's only worth as much as playing uh, Gold Coast in Ballarat in a round 17, as we have for <laughs> last few years. Still, still four points. Um, but, look, I, I am... Absolutely certain after last week and all of the uh, things that happened that they will be very eager to get on the winners list. Um, you know, winning soothes most ailments I've found oh, in yes. my time in the AFL. So, um, yeah, oh, look, I, I think we'll win. Uh, I'm, I'm relatively confident. Um, what joke do you reckon Bevo's going to open with at the pre- uh, post I, I don't know, but... Um, Surely. Oh, the, well, as soon as he did that, as this is a good, it's a good question, because as soon as that all happened and he apologised... Um, the first thought that ran into my head was he's going to tell a joke at the next press yeah. conference. And his first joke... What do you got? Has he got a standard opening joke? Well, his first ever joke at his first ever press conference. Right? Oh, yeah. As soon as he was hired, he walked into the presser and he goes... Um, he's, I think he said uh, something like, well, what are you going to call me when things aren't going too well at the docks? Because obviously we're not going to be perfect over the next little bit. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, um, they go, oh, I don't know. He goes, lukewarm beverage. And I, I was like... and And... <laughs> Much like you, is they sort of thought about like, ah, eh, that's not that funny, but it sort of broke the ice. So yeah. I can all but guarantee that Bevo's going to have something locked and loaded, and uh, I'm sure he'll uh, come in with a a, a uh, smiling and uh, joyous attitude to the yes. to the next presser to Which really sort be, of break okay, the ice. So if we do lose, and I hope we don't, that will still be very interesting because he's going to be fuman, but he's still going to have to make it. He's going to come in happy, yeah, <laughs> one way or another. Yes. So we're going to have a happy coach post game. So that's uh, something interesting to look out for, at the very least. So so glass half full if we lose, stick around to watch the presser. Yeah, that's exactly right. This chat was a couple of weeks ago yep. with uh, Isabel Pritchett, who's uh, since then won the Rising Star – well, got nominated for the nominated Rising Star. Nominated for the Rising Star. Rising Star of the Week. And Boydie, this is uh, – we neither of us really knew Izzy. We hadn't met her before. Nope. What an absolutely charming individual. Yeah, she was. And, and really uh, – it was a really interesting chat. Again, we I think we've uh, referenced and sort of spoken about Berkey's interview a few times where yep. we sort of get into the inner sanctum when it comes to the AFLW and just how much rubbish they have to deal with in terms <laughs> of the difference between, um, you know, the amount of support uh, versus the sort of contrast with what's expected of them as players. And I think uh, Izzy gave us another great window into that. And and that's coming from a, you know, a really well-spoken 20-year-old. Yeah. Um, so, look, I had a, an absolute ball chat. Yeah, what was her. hilarious, listeners? See if you can listen out. Now, uh, Boydie's uh, partner is about to pop. So, he has these paternal hormones running through his body. You should, As soon as we stopped recording, you should have seen the dad instinct of this this man just going... Izzy, that was so great to chat to you. If I can help you in any way, if you if you ever need, if you ever need, he was it was almost he was about to like build her a billy cart. Well, <laughs> I, I teach do, her how to drive. I do offer this to everyone that we chat to. <laughs> I haven't heard it with anyone else. I, uh, I offered you were like, offered it to you, and you're like 20 years older than me. <laughs> you were like an 80s sitcom dad. Uh, <laughs> it was great. Well, she was um, she was a, a joy to have on, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, super smart. It was really interesting to hear her perspective well, as a as a young player. So you hear it um, now. Yeah, enjoy the uh, enjoy the chat with Izzy, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Isabel Pritchard, welcome to Danny Boyd. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> you are a particularly awesome story because you grew up going for the Bulldogs. 
Yes, I did. This is slightly terrifying for me right now. When I got the text from Brooke about coming on the show, I was like, I sent a screenshot to my mum and I was like, what the f***? But, yeah. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> cool. Talking to Danny is terrifying. Yeah, so I must I know. It's yes. a constant Massive. source of anxiety for me <laughs> as a person. <laughs> so tell us your story. Where did you grow up? How much did you love the Bulldogs growing up? When did you get drafted? Is there a better feeling than being drafted to the team you love? Well, I um, I don't know where to start with that. I grew up right across the road from Whit Noble. Um, wow. Yeah, so family was a big, big doggies family. Um, must admit, I wasn't super interested in football until I started playing myself. I do have like faint memories of being at the footy as like a 12-year-old and just want to, wanting to play on my DS and eat hot chips. But, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> um, works. Yeah, exactly. And then I started playing in, in 2016. So that was pretty lucky for me. It was good timing. Um <laughs> And then, yeah, um, went to a, a few games, well, a lot of games, um, and then got drafted to the Dogs, which was insane and have been there ever since. <laughs> which year were you drafted? Um, 2020, so cool. like the COVID year. Oh, dear. The COVID year. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> well, I don't, right. know if we, I don't know if we can call it that. It'll be, you know, one of many COVID years. Oh, that seems. is true. The first, the first Yeah, okay. <laughs> The phantom menace of COVID years. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, and when did you know that you were – well, where did you play, first of all? Um, like June – where did I play June? Yeah. Um, played for Spotswood. Okay. Oh, yeah. with um, uh, Adam Cooney's wife plays there. Yes. Yeah, so I – well, the year that I pl- started playing was the same year that Izzy Grant started playing, and we played together at juniors. Um, and I was lucky enough to be coached by Chris Grant. So that was pretty cool, yeah, and then became really close with Izzy um, at the club and then when I got drafted to the dogs, it was just kind of like walking in like, oh, hey, Chris, hey, Izzy, you know, bit of a long time no see. <laughs> was that um, a big part of just getting into the football club and getting sort of comfortable? I know from my experience, your first couple of weeks are just, you know, you're just trying to put a friendly face in front of you given the um, – the challenges of coming into a new environment. How, how was the first sort of three or four weeks for you um, joining an AFL club? I mean, I think sometimes like it can kind of be skimmed over how difficult it is to get like drafted to a club and walk in and, and being in this environment where everyone has known each other for so long and played together for so long and then you're just the fresh face and you're like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. Um, and like you're just trying to try like you're just trying to – try your hardest and, and 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 play well and at training and stuff like I remember like I'd be kicking the ball or something and I'd be like oh my god like this is awful I do not belong here but <laughs> after a while like you settle into a bit and, and um yeah I think like the club I like truly feel like I belong there now I think for a while I had a bit of um imposter syndrome in the first couple weeks of getting drafted but yeah love it now Boydie's talked about even he had imposter syndrome. How long did it take for both of you for it to wear off? Um, Yeah, it's a good question. You never really shake it off, I don't think, in its entirety. I think the first couple of weeks, basically, well, for the men's schedule, 
the first four or five weeks pre-Christmas are just like, this is just weird. I feel like I'm on a school camp. And then the couple of weeks post-Christmas, you sort of get that feeling back. So you kind of get comfortable and then you go on holiday. Your first couple of weeks of pre-season during January, you get that same feeling like, oh, this is all brand new. But then because the year extends for us for another you know, nine months after that, it really does get easier. Um, you sort of get locked into to the vibe. But you, you, you probably don't have the same, at least from a yearly point of view, is he the same sort of schedule? So what, what about you? How did, how did you go um, sort of shaking it off? Did it sort of take a few weeks, a few months? What was the sort of schedule like for you? Yeah, I think for me um, it was pretty difficult, especially because right when I got drafted I was dealing with like VC exams at the same time. So I was going to training, oh, wow. studying, yeah. And then like... It, it really does stay with you. Um, I think, like, now I I wouldn't say I feel that way. Like, I think last season I probably struggled it, struggled with it a bit more, um, especially when, you know, you're struggling to, to find a spot in the team and, and break through and it's uh, just tough work being um, somewhere. Like, I think another part of it is because there's such a, like, within the Bulldogs it's such a tight-knit group that it's harder to mm. sort of get in. But then once you're in there, you really feel like you belong. Um, I think that's how I felt anyway. That's, that was my experience. Did it, did it make it harder uh, being a fan, do you think? Like I always thought, so when I first, just so, um, so you know what we've spoken about before on the pod, is that when I first walked in the Giants, it was like all the sort of similar feelings, but it was like, oh, there's, you know, Josh Hunt, but he's come from, you know, Geelong and there's Stephen Gillen, but he's come from Hawthorne. It wasn't people that had sort of created a history. And I actually got the same feelings all over again because I walked into the footy club and was like, there's a 25 meter banner, maybe not 25 meters, a 10 meter banner of Brad Johnson and Chris Grant yeah, and Rowan Smith and Scott West. And I'm like, wow. But I didn't have the added so bonus slash um, extra pressure of following the club growing up. So what was that like for you walking into the building the first time? Oh, it was insane. I think like I I don't remember whenever I walk around the club now and I see like Chris walking around, I'm just like, oh, hey, Chris, what's up? But like at the time <laughs> I'd be like, oh, my God, it's Chris Grant. And then like this, I had like similar feelings every time I went to Spotswood training. I'd be like, oh, you know, hey, Chris. And in my head I'd be like, oh, my God, it's Chris Grant. Um, <laughs> And I think Izzy probably found that super weird as well because I was my best friends with Izzy and then I'm always like fangirling over her dad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think like it probably did put a bit of pressure. I probably put a bit of pressure on the club because I had this like idea in my head of what it was going to be. And then like obviously, you know, it just wasn't like it's just not what I expected. And like that, it, that's not to say that it was bad in any way because it was it was better than I thought it could have been, but it was just different. And I think, like I, I kind of had to adjust to that as well at the same time. What do you think was different than what you expected? It's an interesting concept because it's always different. But what, yeah. what what were you sort of expecting? Do you think? I think. Oh God, that's a tough question. I think I was probably expecting. I think with especially within the women's program I think um I thought it would look different like the way that we tra- like sort of the way we train the hours that we had available to train and like yep. a lot of things that kind of come down to that in terms of, of yeah a lot of the 
had a- so it's not, not not as big a step up in terms of time and commitment and resources and coaching availability um, as perhaps you know you you, you might have been getting something almost similar at Spotswood and then sort of jumped up 25% instead of 500%. Is that sort of yeah, what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, and then at this, like I, you, that is true, but then at the same time, like it was also like an a thousand, a thousand percent jump in terms of like um, just like the level. Um, yeah, intensity and. Intensity and everything. And then like I'd come from somewhere where like, you know, you play local footy and you get a lot of the footy all the time and um, you're just running around with your mates and like NAB League as well and then you get somewhere and it's it's a bit of an adjustment going from, from NAB, like it's a huge adjustment going from NAB League and local to, to AFL and um, that, yeah. really, that was a lot of work. And like I think I was expecting it but it still was a lot to take on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always said to everyone, the hardest preseason you ever do is your first one for starters. But one thing that we are being big proponents of, and, you know, we've had a um, couple of the girls on last year and this year, and we've also had Berkey on and really sort of listened to some of the challenges that the AFLW program faces. And I think none being more difficult to deal with than that exact thing you just described. It's a thousand percent jump up in terms of like intensity, quality of um, talent across the group, expectations in terms of professionalism, but hey, at the same time, you don't get to train any longer than this, and we're not going to give you any more coaches or a- any more support or any- money. You just got to be fitter and stronger and do the exact same thing that you know you basically get the same support as you had previously. And I, I think you know we're we're massive proponents of obviously trying to push the agenda along in that space and, and really try and get more support uh, around the, the game because it is really an amazing part of the sports that's grown so much in the last you know five years basically mm-hmm, totally i'm like absolutely nodding my head with everything that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about this year uh izzy oh first of all how many izzies are there is there more izzies than baileys in the men's oh that's a good question I th- uh, let me I know you've got a bailey as well you got bailey hunt yeah we've got a bailey and we've got three Izzy's but then we've also got a Lizzie so we've got three Izzy's and a Lizzie and <laughs> it's a lot three Izzy's and a Lizzie yeah that should be a song name that's incredible <laughs> it's uh and who's your favorite Izzy oh it's Izzy Grant of course already give it away <laughs> no I love all Izzy's equally oh uh, yeah fair enough fair enough fair enough tell us about this year like it was sort of it was the sort of like the best kept secret that COVID absolutely ravaged our club just as the AFLW season was starting. There wasn't out-and-out media coverage saying, you know, they've all tested positive and everything. Suddenly, just, you know, we noticed things like matches not being played and us not not having enough players. Did you get it, Izzy? Yes, I got it. I think, I I don't know, I think there were about 17 players that got it in the end and I think like 20 like people, maybe more than that. I actually don't. I couldn't count. Like couldn't keep count. But basically, it hit almost everyone. Um. So yeah, was... there was a great what? piece by uh, Ellie Blackburn talking about that game against GWS, which was her first game back mm-hmm. after COVID, and just she couldn't breathe. She felt like she was running underwater. <laughs> how? When, when? When was your first game back? And and how hard was it? Yeah, my first game back was against GWS as well. Um, I think I was luckier than Ali in terms of how hard I got hit um at the same time though like I um I just remember like the start of the game um 
I like the siren went and I'd run around for like I think the ball went down into the forward line or something and I ran followed it down and I just had to like stop on the 50 and be like oh my god I can't keep going it was, it was <laughs> a tough game um to like oh gosh it was just the fact also that we'd missed the train like the training sessions I think sure. obviously our bodies were still recovering from COVID but missing two weeks of training really sets you back um just anyway so really fighting it there but yeah yeah and it's yeah that's, oh, well uh, you go, that's, that's 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 how i felt every game danny just <laughs> wheezing for air on the wing after chasing a ball around the ground um i'm really interested in so um for for you danny as a muggle um yes there's a very difficult balance that coaches try and strike when you've got a few players that are injured in terms of like acknowledging that we're missing, let's say at the end of 2016, you know, we were missing, you know, Easton was injured and Dale hurt himself and McRae and so on and so forth. And it's a very sort of fine balance between acknowledging that you're missing like seven of your best players, but then also being like, no, the players who we're putting out are good enough and they're going to get the job done for us. But what was the, the messaging from Berkey like at that stage? How did he manage that whole situation knowing full well that this whole thing was completely out of his control? He had girls dropping left and right and just trying to manage it. What was that like? I imagine it was chaotic. It was absolutely chaotic. I think Berkey, he found a really good balance between being like, right, this situation is is terrible and <laughs> not great, but also like we're a really resilient group and we can bounce back from anything. And I think that sort of carried us through and, and I think a lot of that period, like, we look back on it now and be like, we, like, look how resilient we are as a team. Look how much we've had to deal with this season. And we've still been able to grow together and, like, have a really, like, um, have a really, a few really great successes within within this season, despite all the disruptions that we've had. Um, and I think, like, we can even take away sort of that despite despite all the disruptions and just look at the season and be like, we've actually been, we've done really well for ourselves here. And you particularly have done well, Izzy. You've, uh, you've been moved to the midfield because of your athleticism. Uh, word around the campfire, Berkey is very happy with you. <laughs> and uh, you're one of, uh, one of 12 dogs who've played all of the games uh, in this year. And twice you got your career high disposals. Fourteen. It uh, happened against West Coast and Geelong. Uh, you must. What have you done? To is it just you becoming more mature as a player? Have you uh, have you discovered a, a special training secret? Um, <laughs> um, yes, I've been playing on. <laughs> um, I've been playing on the wing this season. Um, um, which I haven't done before. I played a little bit there last season, but like. Um, the position's completely new to it was completely new to me until I got got to the club. Um, I've been working really closely with Natalie Wood, who's the midfield coach, and, and she was a winger herself, and she's awesome. She's just like the smartest, most calculated football machine I've ever met. She's <laughs> genius, um, and she's cool. been really great with my development in in terms of sort of learning where to run and running patterns and things like that. I think um, naturally I'm quite like I probably prefer uh, the inside of a stoppage rather than the outside. Um, so I think a lot of 
of my development sort of in learning how to get outside ball um, and kind of finding the balance between going and get getting the ball myself and then staying out and getting it on the outside. Um, but I did, I worked a lot of, on the, over the preseason and the off season on um, my fitness and tried to get that up and, and put on a bit of size. Um, both things are still, still a work in progress, but um, I think it <laughs> probably helped, helped a bit this season. How old are you now, Izzy? I turned 20 on Tuesday. Oh, oh congratulations. Hey. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. I just put that um, in there. I just wanted you to say happy birthday. Too. Yeah, well, well this, this can be the belated birthday episode. Um, <laughs> two, two weeks, two weeks too late. Um, yeah. Um, is, is it daunting for you um, going into an environment where you're playing um, against, you know, girls that are a lot older than you, a lot more, um, you know, experienced uh or did you get a bit of a taste for that playing back at Spotswood? Um, no, it is it is a bit terrifying. Um, but I think like a, a lot of the time um, I'm sort of so consumed by the game that I don't really have time to process it. Like I remember against the Fremantle game, um, I played quite a bit on Ebony Antonio, who is a really prolific wing and she's really good what she does and I was speaking to um, Natalie Wood after the game and I was like playing on her was just like I reflect on it now she's really good and and Woody was like you know I think it was probably a good opportunity for you because you can take a lot of like playing on her you can take a lot of things away from the way that she plays and implement that in your own game and I think that's probably um, a really good way to think of of um like that situation whenever I'm playing on someone who's a lot more experienced or, um, you know, been playing playing there for a, a lot longer than me. I think there's a lot to learn from those opportunities. Yeah, we forget how young the Bulldogs side is, especially compared to some of the other. I mean, Cora Staunton uh, from GWS, she actually came out with the first fleet. She's 150 years old. She's that... And she's just got that that brain that has been playing it for centuries, and it's she, that's why she's so good. Is um is he? What, we we spoke to Nikki Callanan, Bulldog Premiership legend, a few weeks ago, and uh, she said one of the challenges we'll have because we got such a young side, it, and there's four more clubs coming in. How are we going to keep this group together? Because you know that Premiership side just got torn apart by you know Richmond and and other clubs just just taking our players. Uh, what what you know just just reassure me it's not going to happen again because I love this current crop we've got <laughs> mm, so do I I I don't I really don't think it will I think um we're such a close-knit group and I really don't think anyone would want to leave mm-hmm. I think um you know what we're developing within the club is is a really um tight group of friends and I think another part of that is because we're all so young we're kind of growing up together with football and I think that that sort of ties us closer. Um, so I really hope we don't get torn apart by expansion. I don't think we will, but, you know. So you're saying right now, if Essendon come a-knocking, bugger off. No, no deal. deal. It, right. it, Izzy, um, I would never call a guest on the Danny Boyd podcast a liar, but <laughs> I said words very similar to that just before I joined the Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> So my question is, how much are they offering you and where are you going? <laughs> no, definitely not leaving. I know Beck Goddard. Yeah. She's a very charming person. So, I mean, she she has made me almost not hate Hawthorne. 
That's how good she is. Wow. Yeah, not all the way, but uh, all right. Um, we, <laughs> we should wrap up soon. But Izzy, I'm, I had a look at your brilliant Get to Know Isabel Pritchard uh, interview. Now, I'm thinking that's a couple of years old now because you did. Uh, there was one question which I really liked, uh, which was, who would you most like to swap places with? And you said anyone who's not doing VCE exams. <laughs> yep, I don't know. I, re- I remember that. I'm, I'm with you on that. No, I, I, what you said to you, you, well, so two years ago, the three people you wanted to meet, uh, there's there's a bit of a pattern. There's, there's two. See if you can pick Boydie, the one that's different to the others. She's got uh, Michelle Obama, mm. Jacinda Ardern, mm. Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Variety. Variety's just a life, Danny. Are they are they still your, your three, or have you have you moved on to I don't know a Hemsworth or Angela <laughs> Merkel or? Uh, uh, I don't, um, I'm not sure. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that with that list. Okay, so you clearly like strong female world leaders. Oh yes, uh, I'm so glad, Izzy. Because what are your thoughts on Nicola Sturgeon? <laughs> <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon, the first minister of Scotland. <laughs> And prominent figure on the Danny Boyd podcast. Oh no! <laughs> I know who this person is. Well, she's no. she's the she's she's like the state premier of Scotland. Oh, she's right. wanting to be like their first prime minister because she mm-hmm. wants to vote for independence. Should she hold another referendum about independence in Scotland? Um, it depends. I'm not sure on the 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 political climate of Scotland at the moment. Let's <laughs> them to leave. Pritchard's a Scottish name, isn't it? Um, Welsh, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. You don't want to. You want to stay in your lane. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I understand. Izzy, this is not a serious question to say. No. Danny's Danny's just a, a jaded Scotsman who's over here trying to fight for independence. I'm not even Scottish. My family's Irish. Just I've got a Scottish. Pa- My dad was born there, so I've got a UK passport, oh, and right. it is useless now because of Brexit. I used to be oh, able yeah. to just go whatever country I want. And if Scotland gets independence, suddenly I can walk around and just, I think I'll go to Latvia today and then I'll pop down oh, to Portugal. And, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. my grandpa was um, English and so I always thought that I could get a um, European passport. I don't think I can because, my, like, I don't know if it has to be your father, like your parents or, like, your grandfather. No, I think you're, you're good with grandfather. It's, oh, it's quite, it is quite sexist. If it was your grandmother, you couldn't. But grandfather, no way, you really. I think that's the that's last time I checked it. I hope they've changed it. Um, well, Danny, they were much more discriminative in Denmark because you actually have to have lived there for six months and speak the language, which I'm oh. like, why? Why? My mum was from there. Give me a spell. <laughs> my, my grandma, my auntie, my uncle, everyone lives over there. She's like, nope, you have to be able to speak. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so native language. can have a European passport. Oh, man. This is, although yes. given current current events, <laughs> maybe it's a good thing to just stay in Australia for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Izzy, uh, one final question for me. Um, what is uh, the things that you're really looking to achieve next year? You've obviously improved greatly in your, your second year. You're still so young. Um, you obviously want to be a scientist and an engineer and all these other things, but what, what does footy look like for you in uh, 2023? Um, that's a good question. I hope um, probably to find a bit more consistency um, in terms of my game and keep developing that um, as a wing. I'm not sure what the plan is, um, like in terms of position, position-wise from the coaches. Um, I think probably put on a bit more size 
um, and maybe have a go on the inside. Um, the inside mid would be would be an awesome opportunity. Um, but yeah, probably keep developing that. Um, keep learning how to play wing. I think like the wing is the most confusing position. Um, it's, honestly, it's crazy. But um, but yeah, keep keep learning how to play that, and maybe um, add a few more bows. Bows to the string to my bows, that's the saying. <laughs> yeah, the second one makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, well, Izzy, yeah. I can honestly say you've been a, a, an absolute delight to have on. Um, obviously, if you're just listening, she spent the whole time smiling, which is always nice to get from one of your guests. Um, she's very well dressed up in like the perfect brand new Bulldogs polo. Um, Izzy, thanks so much for, for coming on down the board. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been very fun. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8-Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8-Star Energy. I gave my childhood to that roar of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love the bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets